on being an effective director in family-owned enterprises. So much is written and said about what it means to be a good and effective director. However, most is done so with listed organizations in mind. We aim to readdress the balance with our three-part podcast series on family-owned enterprises. In the first episode, we looked at the role of boards in family-owned enterprises. In this episode, we will focus on how to become and how to be an effective director in family-owned enterprises. I'm delighted to talk again with Martin Rohr. Martin is a global expert on family business and family office topics and a world-renowned C-level advisor and business school educator. Welcome to the Better Boards podcast series. I'm Dr. Sabine Demkowski, founder and managing partner of Better Boards. We make the boards of the most ambitious organizations more effective. Our mission at Better Boards is to contribute to creating better boards. We do this by providing clients with an evidence-based approach for board evaluations and board development programs. BetterBoards clients have access to an innovative digital platform that provides data and comparisons on all dimensions of effective boards and can be used for internal as well as external evaluations. To fulfill our mission, we give a voice to all who care about creating better boards. Martin. Welcome back to the Better Bots podcast series. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Well, it's a fantastic topic. So I'm really delighted. In this podcast, we will talk about what it means on being an effective director in family-owned enterprises. So let's jump straight back in. You know, when I do these board evaluations on listed organizations, I actually see few directors that serve on listed as well as on family-owned enterprises. Is it different to be a director on a board of a family-owned enterprise versus being a director on a listed organization? That's a good question. I mean, in the end, when you are an independent director on a family business board, of course, you're going to do the same thing like you do in a listed board. But there are a few things you need to look at very differently because think about a family firm. It's owned by a family They have a lot of emotions involved. I mean, they have the legacy at stake. So in many ways, as much as you're going to observe governance, it's a little more irrational in nature. But I also think an independent director can add a lot of value because you can bring what I call a lot of transferable knowledge, skills, and experiences to the family business board because you're going to observe a few things. One of them is that the presence and the influence of the business family can be quite substantial. You might be surrounded by other professional outside directors, but you might also be surrounded on the board with a lot of family members. So you're going to observe a lot of those intricacies and, and a lot of those dimensions from the family. But you should never forget to bring in what you stand for. So at the outset, it is the same thing you do as a director, but you're going to observe a lot of the issues about the owning family or the controlling family. Yes, you see the directors on listed organizations. They are happy and join other listed organizations. But seldom do they really cross the line and do both. So it, it was just something I noticed and I really got intrigued by it. Should directors think differently before they join a family-owned enterprise board? I think they should. I mean, at the outset, again, you're going to be motivated. You need to have the right fit. You need to be skilled. You need to enjoy the industry. And of course, there has to be some kind of a chemistry check with the business family. That's for sure. But I think when it comes to a kind of a family-owned or family-led business, 
you need to be able to prepare to take a little more of a long-term view. Because think about business families. They often have an intergenerational time horizon, whereas on a listed board, we talk weeks, months, often quarters. Quarters. Business families talk, (laughs) I wouldn't say a century, but they think very long-term because you might want to hand it over to your daughter or your son and your cousin is involved and maybe that generational shift is taking place. Purpose also matters because a lot of family businesses are, are kind of based on a very strong belief, strong values, and some kind of an overarching purpose. So those discussions about purpose and long-term strategy is also a big topic for the boards. And then, of course, before you enter, you really need to understand and you need to care for the business family and the legacy that they often bring to the table. And you need to be interested in that. You need to identify with it. You're not going to fully agree with it such because you're also going to bring that independent view in there. And of course, you're going to be highly sensitive to potential conflicts of interest of the board. There could be different branches involved. There could be certain tensions. And of course, you've got tensions on listed boards, I know, but it's just different dimension when it comes to a business family. And then maybe one thing that you might face often or occasionally is that the business family and the people that are in charge, which could be a family member, could also be an outsider, may not necessarily follow your decisions or the advice given on the board. And that, I think, is slightly different often to a listed board. So let's talk a little bit more about the challenges independent directors face in family-owned enterprises. You already alluded to some, and it does sound more complex. And I wonder if you're interested in joining such a board, how do you find out really what these relationships within the family are and what the interests of the family are. It sounds like there are much longer interview processes to really ensure that it is a good fit. I mean, the fit often is done in a professional way because the business family might know you as a director. You might come across through a search firm. You might come through word of mouth and contacts. So of course, there's going to be a, a kind of a certain due diligence. But in the end, don't forget as a director, you're going to bring that objective view, you're going to keep your independence, and you're still going to have that outside-in point of view because business families and family enterprises, as much as they are competitive and successful, they sometimes can be introvert and kind of live in their own silo, and you're the one bringing that kind of outside uh, perspective to it. You're also going to think about the typical governance structure that you might be used to in a listed firm can be a little different because in a family firm, you tend to have more dotted lines. You tend to have more informal channels of communication. It is not that the chair is going to do the following, the directors don't speak to that. It's just a lot of much more subtle informal communication going on, and you need to be able to navigate that. A question, Martin. Do you think it takes more time? Do you think directors work more hours in the family-owned enterprise? No, I don't think so. I think it's more personal. I think there are more emotions involved. You might potentially get much more entrenched into some of the family matters and the succession matters going on, maybe some conflicts with management staff in the industry. It can be a fantastic journey here, but that you work longer, I don't think so, but you work in a different way. Think about it, for example, the typical CEO oversight and you know governance of leadership, which we all know a lot about and which has been obviously widely described on, on listed firms. It's a little different here because the CEO could be the chair's daughter. It could also be the chair. It could be someone from the outside. It could be a trusted party from the family. And that kind of oversight is just slightly different. And that could sometimes, of course, pose a challenge here. You could also face cultural differences. 
for example, in certain cultures, you know, power distance, there could be issues about gender, could be issues about, I got a title, I, I'm sitting on the board, and there could be a lot of informal influence. And those are some of the things you're going to face when you sit on a family business board, potentially. So what characteristics, what traits should an effective director of a family-owned enterprise really bring to the table? I think there are a lot of them, but first and foremost, you're going to bring the best global practices and your own experiences to the table. You're basically going to be yourself and you're going to stand with your integrity. But then you're going to have very high ethical standards. You're going to bring your integrity, as I said, and kind of the reputation that you bring on board. That's why you're selected, hopefully, as a director in the first place. And you're also going to have what I call proximity to the family owner or the family owners, to the business family themselves but you still need to keep your own integrity as well because, of course, you will very quickly potentially get sucked into family matters. It could be very personal. It could be very intimate. And you feel that you're just close to the business family and the controlling family, but you're still going to keep that kind of arm's length principle so you keep your integrity. For example, you're going to have the willingness to say no to the chair, to family business board members, or even to the CEO that happens to be the chair's wife or the chair's daughter. How are you going to handle that? So you often see yourself having some kind of a mediation role because of some of the tension that you naturally find on, I would say, any board, but often on family business boards as well, because they always think about renewal. They're always concerned about succession and ownership and transfer of ownership. And you're going to navigate that. And as an effective director in a family business board, you could actually end up being a, a fantastic mediator. Not that you have all the solutions, but you're going to be part of the conversation. And then I think you're also going to bring in a lot of those uh, impact discussions, which are very much in fashion and very needed these years. And I think you can bring a lot from other boards to the business family. So can you highlight maybe some of the essence of best practice of independent directors? Listening to you, it sounds like it definitely needs people with a high level of EQ, emotional intelligence. Definitely. Uh, in it is to survive this role. I mean, you're going to bring yourself, you're not going to get swayed away that you're working for potentially a very rich, a very influential, maybe very famous family in your local society, in the region, in the country where you come from. So don't be intimidated by the business family. Really bring yourself, bring your personality, bring your experiences, and I mean, bring your soul into the board. That's very, very important in the first place. Secondly, you're going to be attentive to, but not biased by the business family and the business family matters. Because in the end, you are an independent director. Listen to the very word of it. That is your title. So you're going to bring that kind of outside perspective to the table. And family businesses often have been very successful, sometimes for a century, across generations. But does it mean they're going to be successful tomorrow? There's always this ongoing concern for renewal, for entrepreneurship, to be competitive. And that's what you're going to bring in with a point of view as an independent director. So, so bring yourself bring the very best of you into the board. And let's come back to the point of the essence of really good best practices of independent directors. Can you just give maybe some examples to make it really tangible for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, it, it gives you a chance to work with dedicated and passionate entrepreneurs and business owners. Think about the successful family firm. They are first and foremost very passionate entrepreneurs. That's why they have been successful or they are currently very successful. So that I think it's a great chance to kind of work with them. They also personally vested in the enterprise. So this is not something on paper. You're not representing something on behalf of other people because the business family, it is the enterprise. It is the business family. You get very close to it. Then as we have discussed before, you're also going to 
bridge between what I call past, present, and future perspectives. So it's not only about changing tomorrows or you know changing the next quarter. Sometimes what happened in the past also matters a lot in family firms, and I think this is what makes it very fun to be a director there. Legacy plays a large part of the success of family firms. And then I think you get potentially very close to the, I would call the joy of seeing the next generation rising. So you somehow also have a great chance here to mentor tomorrow's leaders in the family firm. I just wanted to ask for the fun elements, you know, and the rewards of serving on the board of family-owned enterprises. I think it's really about getting very close to the business family. Yes, you need to have the independence, but Family business is also personal business. So you are getting close to some amazing owners, amazing people, people that have their name at stake, people that represent a lot of legacy and often have made a difference in the local community, have made a difference in the region, have made a difference in the world somehow. And I think that's part of the fun element. As much as you observe complexity and tension and a lot of matters going on, because we are talking about human beings here owning an enterprise I think there's a lot of fun elements. It becomes more personal. It's maybe not as sanitized, maybe not as sterile, maybe not as institutionalized as maybe some listed companies tend to be because we have focused a lot of governance in the recent 10, 20 years for good reasons, by the way. But when it comes to family firms, there are also a lot of fun elements, that's for sure. I know a lot of directors who would find this really, really appealing. And yet they are mostly serving on listed organizations. So maybe we inspire here some people to look at family-owned enterprises. I hope so. We have to come to an end. And we always ask, what are the three things our listeners should take away from this podcast? I think three points here. First and foremost, independent directors bring huge value. I've seen it on many family business boards. I mean, they bring in governance structures, they bring in best practices, they have industry experience. They have lived and they live a life outside the family business uh, enterprise. And that's exactly what you bring to the board here. So don't forget that you are a personality in yourself and you're going to bring that to the board. So governance does matter in, in family firms. The second one is that, as we had discussed, it it's a more personal role, and and you know affairs can be more irrational. And of course, at the listed boards, we looked about a lot about the rational stuff, but family firms are emotions and they're tension. So the influence of the business family, the complexity, and sometimes navigating tensions and emotions is also the fun part of it. But you're also going to be ready to deal with it. Sometimes you're going to be ready to step aside from it. But often you need to have a point of view because you are there to make sure you navigate the future together with the family. And then the third point, which I think is very exciting, is that entrepreneurship is deeply embedded in family firms. That's why they're successful, often across generations. So renewal, innovation, in order to keep the company and maybe the brand and the portfolio brands to keep them distinct and relevant. I think that's really the fun part. Fantastic. Martin, thank you so, so much for contributing to the Better Boards podcast series. You're welcome. Pleasure to be here. How can we help you and your board? We at Better Boards are always delighted to hear from you. If you would like to hear more about our podcast series, if you would like to see a demo of our digital platform, please do get in touch. You can best reach us at info at better-boards.com. Thank you for listening.